you can see if that that club head is either under or over or in that little zone the whole time. And if it's in the zone the whole time, that's kind of where you want it to be. This is The Tournament Code. Jordan, thank you for taking the time to join us. Before I get into this, I got to remind everybody about the Golfer's Agreement, which is this agreement we have with our audience where we do this for free. In fact, we do this ad-free. And all we ask all we ask is that they would, if they're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever their podcast player, please subscribe to us and leave a rating. If they're listening on YouTube, to like and subscribe. We appreciate you joining us today, Jordan. We know we've seen a lot about uh, your playing career, and I know you've been through obviously some ups and downs on that as a lot of playing careers go through. And so we're glad that you join us, talk about all that. But before we get into that, let's kind of start at the beginning, which is just how'd you get into the game of golf? So I got in the game of golf right around three. Um, my dad would kind of got me to come out with them to the golf course. And I think we started, he tells the story all the time, but started off, uh, I just had one club, which was the putter. And, you know, I'd whack around the green while he's playing. And I think he started giving me some goals, I guess you can call it, is like as soon as I could two putt or as soon as I could three putt from a certain distance, that's when I'd get another club in my bag. So he slowly kind of worked me up. I'd go, you know, putter and obviously wedge for getting up and down. And once I was able to get up and down, he kind of slowly put some more clubs in my bag. And I guess sooner or later, I got up to full set. Well, full set at the time probably was like six or seven clubs. But that's kind of how I got into it and kind of took off running from there. Did you play any other sports when you were younger? Was it just golf? And then how did that translate into, and how did you get into tournament golf? I played pretty much every sport growing up, uh, baseball, basketball, football, golf. All of them were pretty competitive, I'd say. And I think golf and baseball were my two favorite sports and my two best sports. I think my first tournament, I played like a, either a seven or nine and under tournament at the age of five and won that tournament there. And I still have the picture. My dad still has a picture of me with my little Tiger Woods head cover in the, in the plaque, uh, showing that I won. So that was, that was pretty cool to, to win that. Just, I grew up in St. Louis and I think when I was, and either in kindergarten or first age, we moved up here to Wisconsin. And um, so, you know, you can't play golf all year round. So played a lot of basketball in the winter. Obviously traveled a little bit growing older with junior golf and all around during the winters sometimes. But uh, mo- majority of the time in the winters was basketball, baseball and golf in the summers, and then football in the fall. So all all over the place. At what age did you start to seriously consider the possibility of playing college golf or playing professional golf? I'd say I always kind of wanted to play professional golf. I was pretty good as a junior. Went to drive, chip, and putt. Uh, junior Worlds, Pepsi Little Peoples, U.S. Kids, like all those 
big tournaments. So I always kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. Just more of, you know, getting, getting to that point really. Um, and I played, I, I was, I forget what I was ranked as a junior, but it matters, but I played a lot of big tournaments. Um, I played pretty well in them. And so it gave me the, you know, the confidence or whatever you want to call it to, you know, always, I've always kind of wanted to play professional golf and at the time and fast forward, whatever, 15 years later. And that's kind of what the opportunity I got after college. So, As one of those top junior golfers, what was the first time that you remember doing anything with college coaches or college recruiting? I'd say like either freshman or sophomore year in high school, played in the U.S. Junior at Trump's Bedminster, I think it was. I forget what year it was, but it probably was 2009 maybe. That was kind of the first time I got to experience like a heavy dose of college coaches like coming out and watching. That was the first time I met Coach McGraw. He was out there watching and, you know, it was nerve wracking, but I played pretty well that week. And fast forward to my freshman year or whatever in, in college when I had Coach McGraw as my head coach, he was, he was like, yeah, that's like the, that was the first time I saw you and that was the first time when like we knew we wanted to recruit you. So it was, it was pretty cool to, to go through that whole process. And, you know, it could be nerve wracking at the time, but, you know, I handled it pretty well and played some good golf. Yeah. You've played a lot of good golf, especially in your early amateur career. I know that you won the, I believe it was the Wisconsin state. Was it the am or the open? And then you went on a string of, winning tournaments or playing in or having some top finishes in some tournaments. Tell us a little bit about what that, what that run was like and kind of developing that skill, the skill to be able to play at that high level. Cause there's lots of guys who start young. There's lots of guys who, you know, get in tournaments and can feel pressure and handle pressure, but to be able to do it sustained over a period of time and then, get to the point where you're not just playing against other juniors, you're playing against top college players, et cetera. And other, other really high quality players is who are older than you have had more time to develop is impressive. Wisconsin state open. I won in, I think my junior year of high school. So it was the youngest ever to win the open here in Wisconsin. And it was a, crazy day uh, we played up at black wolf and it was some straight scholar you know i didn't feel like out of my league but kind of just like pop i just i played really good the i think the third round i shot 66 and just jumped a bunch of spots and you know we play so we play 18, 18, and the last day is 36. So it's a three-day. So the, the last day is 36. So I shot 66 in the morning. And you had, you know, go straight into the afternoon. I held it together. I don't know what I shot the the afternoon round, maybe around even, maybe a couple under. But, you know, when you get catapulted, like, kind of out of nowhere into that position, and especially on a 
pretty tough golf course. It was it was a great experience. I can still kind of remember some of the shots I hit to this day, and I was able to close it out on eighteen. Um, I think I won by one, and that you know that was a that was probably a big turning point in kind of the confidence and kind of where I saw myself with with golf, and then what you alluded to the kind of the run I made. I think was after my sophomore year or after my freshman year in the summer, maybe. Yeah, that's what it was. After my freshman year in college in the summer, I won the state am state match play with Western am the pub links. So it was, I mean, it was like a month and a half of just pretty flawless golf, especially the Western am and the pub links. I played some, great players in match play and, you know, was able to play Michael Kim, who's number one in the world at the time in the finals at the public links, you know, I was kind of a, I wasn't nobody, but I mean, I wasn't on the same level as he was. And, um, I just played out of my mind that week. And the biggest part of it was ball striking. Um, I didn't really leave that, much air is the word I was thinking of. I didn't really leave that much room for air. Like, you know, I was hitting fairways. I was hitting 16, 17, 18 greens around. So, like, I mean, it's tough to play bad if you're doing – or score score bad. So, like, I, I had plenty of opportunity. I was hitting the ball well, and that's kind of, like, the the main focal point of that. That summer was just – you know, I was kind of on point with ball striking. It sounds like ball striking, as you said, was something you were really good at. And tell us about your swing coaching growing up, what that looks like. Obviously, early on, you're just hanging out. It sounded like hitting hitting balls in the backyard, hitting shots out of the course, just adding more clubs to the bag. But what did swing coaching look like for you when you were younger and then up through college? So I met this my coach, Tom Anton, when I was eight. He was in town for, it was either the GMO or the BMW at the time. Or, sorry, U.S. Bank. At the time, there was a tour event at Brown Deer. Um, so he would come in and coach a little bit. And one of the guys we knew in town owned the driving range. And they said to come come out and maybe take a lesson from him. So that was the first time I met him. And uh, he was my coach from when I was eight, all in all the way until uh, graduate college. So it was a long time. Um, we worked a lot on mental game. We didn't really work a lot on swing, usually just one or two things really. And then we'd work a lot on like my mentality on the course, how to play the golf course, um, different shots around the green, just really keeping it really simple as far as swing mechanics go. And, you know, I was, that's kind of, how I was able to develop because I don't think that's kind of the the t- key to playing good golf. I know you have to have good swing mechanics, but like a lot of the other stuff is very important to getting the ball in the hole. Absolutely. So when you were in college, as you said, the summer after that freshman year, you had a nice little run. Tell us about your college career in general and what it was like being – 
there playing at Oklahoma State. That's a top-tier school playing against top-tier players day in and day in and day out. I know it can I, I know it can make it hard to hard to travel when you're playing with a bunch of really good players. It gets a whole lot harder to travel when you're playing uh, against a bunch of good players. It makes it hard to win college golf tournaments. Not that you can't. It's just harder because you go to a small school like Cooper and I go to went to. It's a little easier to find a spot to play. You're, the tournaments you're playing in are not as good players. It's not that good players don't come out of those schools. It's just uh, as far as being a top-tier player, you're competing against them for playing time and for winning. Yeah, so I guess right when I came in freshman year, the year before was the first time Oklahoma State had never or hadn't made the, the finals or the national championship. So it was like 65 or 66 straight years of making the finals. So year and after that, when I came in, so it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a grind. We were pretty serious, but coach kind of, when we first came in, I think this is how we do it every year, but they just go for qualifying. It's just whoever the first couple of events were just whoever was in the top five went to the tournament. So I played well in the qualifying. I was able to make it in. So I kind of just got straight in the lineup, thankfully, and kind of never looked back. I, I played I played all right in college. I feel like I played a little better in the summers. I don't know why that is, but I just tried to, you know, make sure my score was counting. I think that was a big part of it was I was playing a lot more for the team than I was for individual, and maybe that kind of hindered some of my lower scores. Um, just wanting to make sure that, you know, I didn't make any mistakes, but you know, there's a. I played with a lot of great golfers there. Some great golfers who aren't even playing anymore, um, and others that are obviously doing doing very well right now on tour. So it was always, you know, a blessing. I'm thankful to have them to, or when I was in college, to have them, you know, go head to head, get better, practice with them, play with them, and. You know, you push each other when, when guys are that good. Um, even you see guys that may be better than you not making the lineup. Kind of pushes you to, you know, get better. And um, being able to stick in the lineup, you know, provide some good scores for the team. It's just, I mean, it's a way to get better at golf and it's a way to help the team. So, Yeah, so we talked about, you know, that great summer that you had where you won the public links amateur when you won the public public links amateur back then that got you an exemption into the masters so was this something that you were thinking about you know during that final round and then once you got that exemption what was it like leading up to playing in your first masters and then what was that experience like playing your first first masters yeah i knew i knew what was at stake when we were playing that last round to put on top of it, I was playing Michael Kim, who's number one at the time. So it was a big, big ask. Um, yeah, I remember it being very, very hot that week. My dad caddied the the entire time, which was insane. Because I, I think I remember Michael had probably about seven or eight caddies. Just cause, I mean, it was a hundred. It was probably a hundred. 
four or five plus the heat index. So it was feeling much hotter than that. Um, so as much of a mental grind as it was playing golf. And I feel like uh, that golf course fit me pretty well. So I just kind of stuck to what I was doing. Kept hitting greens, kept in a lot of fairways, uh, making a few putts here or there. I think we were both seven or eight under, if not more. I got the scoreboard somewhere, but I think we both played pretty well. Came down to 18, ended up winning on 18, so it was, it was pretty special. Right after that, you know, I had to – That I actually – side note, I previously – had to qualify for the USAM and missed. So winning that week got me back into the USAM, which was kind of funny to think about. But, you know, the rest of that summer went by around Christmas time is when I got the invitation to, to play in the tournament. So I was pretty pumped about that. And I think right after that, you're – I played probably, I went to Augusta probably two or three times to play practice rounds and just to see what it was like and obviously experience, experience what Augusta is all about. And it was awesome. It's a lot different then than it is tournament week, I'll tell you that. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, got my dad to come down. We both went down there. He didn't get to play, but he, get, he was able to walk around and we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, and then tournament week, I had never played in a pro event yet. So uh, it was a bit of a eye-opener, but um, it was a lot of fun. We had both sides of my family. We had 30, 40 people there watching, so both grandparents. So it was, I mean, I couldn't ask for much, much more. It's a perspective that I guess not many people have, but how is that course different just on a normal day compared to a tournament week? For me, my experience—I can't remember if I went three or two, or two or three times—but it was during the winter, so it was just cold and wet and no roll. The greens weren't like as fast as I would like I was thinking they were. So, like a lot of the putts I was hitting, like twenty footers, I thought they were the fastest greens in the world. Just like looking on on TV and. I'd have like a 20 footer and leave it like eight foot short, <laughs> like downhill 20 footer. But, um, there's just, I mean, it's, it was different, but at the same time, you're able to see kind of the contours and the rolling hills and some of the undulations that, I mean, you're not really able to see that on t- watching on TV. So, absolutely. As you were going through college, you said you play with a lot of guys who have played really good golf and are playing really good golf right now. And a lot of guys who you thought were great and then aren't playing golf anymore. When it comes to guys that uh, were really good, but aren't playing golf anymore. What do you, what, I mean, everybody has their own story, but what generally did you see is like, what led to that is just some guys just aren't interested anymore. Sometimes like careers just go against you. It's a tough as, as, just generally speaking, it's tough to get status on tours almost no matter how good you are because it's a part of it's about you got to play good golf at the right time uh, and get the right opportunities. So tell us a little bit about 
what you, what you've seen on that front because most people think or I shouldn't say most people a lot of people might think oh the best players are always out on the PGA tour and the best players always make it there and then the guys who aren't the best players end up below that and then the guys who are below that and then yada 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 and then finally okay the guys who aren't that good are the ones who don't play anymore yeah and i would add just a good example of that is who you were just talking about michael kim he was the number one amateur in the world i i didn't know he was that good as an amateur he's on tour now he's a really good player on tour but he's not you know the number one player in the world as a pro so yeah i mean i mean golf's such a funny sport i guess you can call it like i've kind of gone some through some of these issues but i think like you said like either injury lack of interest or just not kind of wanting not like having that drive to to be the best or you know go out there every day and and get better it's just kind of there's just so many different i think that it's just golf is hard so it's just i mean it's it's tough for people and it's and it's expensive to to go out there if you're not on corn ferry tour or you're not on the pga tour it's expensive to go out there and play play q school you know make it through play a bunch of mondays even just i mean there's a wide variety of mini tours i guess you can call them that are out there now i mean those those are still pretty expensive to play in so i mean that that could be a factor in some of these guys just not a lot of, a lot of travel is another thing i mean life can kind of get in the way where you either can't travel anymore because you have stuff back home or um, you don't want to be by yourself every week I mean, that's maybe a big part of some of the decisions but i mean it's golf such an interesting sport because it's you know it's individual you don't have a team you're traveling with you don't have well some guys do but a lot of times you don't have a team you're traveling with, so you're by yourself in the hotel, you're by yourself in the airport, by yourself practicing. So it's it's tough, but I mean it's definitely worth it to to grind and you know, do something you love to to get to the spot you wanna be at. I know I know some there's some guys out there that, you know, were all Americans in college are really good, maybe got some tour starts in college. And then when they turn pro, they kind of have to start from the bottom, you know, play Canada, play Corn Ferry or something like that. And they're just really not that into it. Was it hard for you at first to realize, you know, I I was playing in the Masters, I was playing in the Majors, now I have to start from the lower ranks? Yeah, I mean, especially right out of college, I got seven exemptions. Um, and had, I finished top 10 in the British, so I got another exemption. And so I had eight. eight seven or eight tour starts that summer and I didn't play that well. Um, so I had to go to Q school and missed at Q school. So it was just like, now what? And then I ended up getting Canadian status. I played well up there, finished top 10. So I got back to Q school and kind of was able to get through that and play a couple years on corn ferry. Um, but like at the time I had a lot of the, a lot of my friends were playing up in Canada that I played with in co- or played against in college. So like it didn't really feel 
that much different. Like now, when this past year, I had some Canadians status left or PGA Tour Canada status left because I want I had like a five year whatever exemption. So like twelve, I was twenty nine. I don't really know seventy percent of the guys up there, so it's a little different because like I was traveling a little bit by myself and. Back then, I feel like I was traveling with a lot of my buddies, playing practice rounds with a lot of my buddies. So it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was much different. I think all, most of the top ten, a lot of my guy, a lot of my friends got through. So we kind of went went through the ranks a little bit and got up to Corn Favor and was able to play with a lot of my friends up there too. Absolutely, you just kind of described a lot of how uh, things have been, you know. Canada, Corn Ferry, et cetera. And then I know you've had some injuries, swing coach changes, all sorts of things, trying to figure out and improve your game. Tell us a little bit about what that has been like in your in your career and kind of how things have gone versus how you thought they how you thought they would go. Because a lot of people think of things as a lit think of things linearly, like, oh, it's just automatically all up from here. From where from wherever you are, and a lot of people think, okay, especially if you're going into pro golf, and you think, in my in my opinion, if you think it's a one or two year thing to figure out where you're going to end up or how things are going to be, you got a you're you should, you're mistaken because it can take five, seven, ten, fifteen. Take Josh Teeter, fifteen plus years to end up in the spot you want to end up in. So it can be a ride. Yeah, for sure. I think the main problem, I guess you could call it, I've just, I've bounced around a lot of swing coaches um, in the last five, six years. I, my swing coach, we kind of split ways after our, my first year in, at pro, at pro golf and, and from the, I don't know what it's up to now. Six, seven instructors I've worked with. No one really teaches the same way he had. So it's definitely difficult. I've had guys that are very swing technical when it comes to all these different positions. And after like experiencing that, like that's just not something that works well with me. So that's, I guess, a positive that I'm like able to see that now. I just kind of, while I'm out playing, it's just like I'm worried about all these different positions instead of just like, you know, I like to draw, so I'm just going to aim here and draw it. Like it's, it's, uh, you can definitely get caught up in a lot of stuff. So I think that was a, a big part of like why I hadn't been playing well, just because I wasn't, that's something that was like my main strength growing up. Um, and to struggle with that was tough for me. And, you know, other parts of my game got a lot better. My putting got better. My short game got better. But, like, at the same time, like, I like to play golf in a very simple way. And knowing to, like, knowing how my ball is going to react each time out the face is, is obviously something every golfer enjoys. <laughs> Um, but when I'm trying to do something and it's doing the exact opposite, you know, that starts throwing all these things in your head where you're just like, all right, now, now what, like, what do I do now? Like I, 
it's tough to stick to the plan. I, I feel like I did a pretty good job at trying to do some of these swing thoughts and stuff like that, but it just wasn't really correct or didn't feel right for me. Um, now just like looking back at it this summer, I was, I was playing well for, for my back. Um, so I'm looking to kind of get healthy and get back after it. For sure. What, what happened to your back? Tell us a little bit about the injury, injury struggles and what you, what it looks like to try to rehab an injury, depending on the nature of it. Yeah. So the first time I heard it, probably three years ago during the big money classic down in Florida and so I had to withdraw didn't really know like what was going on I played like I did it on like the second hole and played a couple more holes and was just like this is not going to work out I couldn't barely walk to the the ball in the next shot so I kind of just you know went to PT at my place down in Florida um, just to rehab it and it got better over time probably a month or so and then like in the last three years i mean i've probably heard it it just kept kept really it kept happening it just kind of come out of nowhere it was just low back um i've heard it golfing i've heard it working out i've heard it just around the apartment or whatever so it's just like really random some last a day, some last a week, some like a couple times the last a month or two. I think I'm going on since July. So it's been what five months almost. Um so this is the longest it's been. I got an MRI back in March finally just to see what was going on. Just had like herniated disc. It wasn't much. So I just went back to PT and just got it try to get it back to where I could play. I was playing the summer, traveling a lot, playing pretty well. And then I heard it in July down in Iowa and I started to get some symptoms down my leg too, some weakness and nerve pain. So this time was a little different. So I got another MRI and it showed just like a much bigger herniation. So I've just been dealing with that, the PT, like has helped but at the same time it's just not really close to where it needs to be in order to golf so that's kind of where i'm at right now gotcha so what what's your timeline for the um for the recovery and then what are your kind of competition goals for next year i actually just got my a second um injection in my back yesterday so we're going to see how that feels the first one helped a little bit. We'll see if it gets back to where it needs to be, but is that quarters though? Prob- yeah. We'll probably need I'll probably need to get surgery here hopefully in the next month or so just to kind of clear up some of the legs and symptoms. Cause I mean I can't even like really walk right now without limping and hurting. So that's I guess the next part would just be how I know surgery is probably about a it's like six to eight week recovery, but for golf it's probably closer to three to six months from what the doctors have said. Um, just to 
get it strengthened. So I think that's going to be kind of the the next step. Um, trying to get pain free and kind of strengthen the lower back, strengthen everything around it, so that can take more of the force when I'm when I'm swinging. And we'll see kind of what it feels like then. I don't really have any competitive goals next year just because I don't really know, you know, where I'm going to be at. So it's just more right now the goal of get feeling better, feeling healthy, um, getting where I need to be. Absolutely. One of the things that's unique sometimes is when – like, you know, we play golf, we hope to play good golf and all that kind of stuff. But there's also still, as you said, with other players, life going on in the background. They got things that keep them at home. They might have uh, family, they might have kids. Next thing you know, it gets harder and harder to be on the road. I know uh, one of our early guests, Charlie Harrison, told us about Tom, a story about Tom Whitney. They were both down in Latin America and Tom was saying, all right, I'll see you guys in like four weeks to his kids, right? As he was stepping on the first tee and he has like four or five kids and Charlie like, man, that is, that is dedication. That is tough. That is tough. And I know that you got married, I believe about a year or two ago. And for spouse, spouse, some spouses are, you know, familiar with pro golf and what that looks like. And I'm sure you guys probably dated for a bit. So I'm sure you guys were on the same page some, but tell us what that's been like. As far as if that's been a transition at all and what you've noticed from it, both maybe it's been helpful and that have had you make some adjustments in life. We've been dating or we had been dating before we got married since junior high school. So with no break. So we went through college and everything. So she's kind of, she knows that this is something that I've always wanted to do. And she's been great. Um, She moved down to Florida with me. Uh, after school, after she was done school with school up here, and um, we enjoyed Florida for a couple years, and then last or two years ago now, we moved back to Wisconsin. Um, so that's one of the bigger changes when it comes to you know being able to golf. But you know, I lived most of my life this way anyway. So even at OSU, I mean, it gets cold there, so we took took a little bit of breaks here and there. But you know, having her by my size, especially right now, has been great. And, you know, there's obviously other things going on with, you know, how buying a house, having kids. So it's it's definitely stuff that we've talked about, stuff that we have to manage. And as far as, you know, getting back out to golf, hopefully sooner than later would be would, would be ideal. But, you know, right now, it sucks that I've had to withdraw from Q school, but right now nothing much is going on. So that's, I guess, a blessing. And just being able to, I guess, get ready for next summer would be the main goal. And, you know, getting back healthy, being able to walk um, without pain would be ideal. So that's kind of like where, where we're at. And, you know, she's been great the the whole time. And, we got married last year and she's, I guess I'm lucky enough. She stuck around for that long the way to get married, but it's been great. That is cool. So talk about, as we said, you can right now it's, you can't walk much without pain. So 
And so that means obviously you can't golf working out. Maybe like, I don't know what you're probably doing, like maybe rehab, but nothing, nothing special. Yeah. What is, what does a day look like for you in that case? Uh, it's been tough. Just finding things to do really. I'd say PT. I go into PT probably two or three times a week. Um, the days I don't do PT, I go into my workout place here, do the PT. There are some of the exercises there. I can't really do much other than that without it just absolutely killing. So like even going for a, for a walk, it's just like 100 yards, and I'm like, all right, got to get back. So it's tough to spend or tough to – you know, find stuff to do. I've, I've fixed some stuff up here and there as far as tables, stuff like that. But other than that, reading a book, listening to a podcast, just trying to fill, fill my day till my wife gets home. And, you know, once she gets home, it's a little better having one-on-one conversation, stuff like that. So it hasn't been much. I mean, that's why I kind of sent some stuff out on Twitter and Instagram just to, I've gotten, a lot of a lot of DMs and stuff like that as far as to look at some swings and see if I can help in some other ways. So I've been busy busier with that than I than I had been just kinda of sitting around and doing doing pretty much nothing for a little bit. So try to keep busy, I guess, is the main thing. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Have you been doing some coaching on the side? I haven't really. I've I just kinda of sent that out. I was just to find something to do to fill the day. So it's been, it's been interesting. Um, I really thought about doing something like that, but I've, I've enjoyed it. People, there's golfers that have reached out to me and there's other athletes that have reached out to me and some other, and some other guys. So um, it's been, it's been fun and I've, I've enjoyed it. And I mean, I look forward to, kind of fill my day with that in the future really when you're looking at uh when someone sends you a swing and for people that don't have the context jordan sent out an instagram post i believe that said got a little bit of free time send me send me some swings happy to give advice on whatever you need and for when you when someone sends you a swing etc what are you said you've worked with some technical coaches and then you've worked yep. with some coaches that are more, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say field-based, but coaches that maybe weren't as technical and you weren't thinking about having such as many internal thoughts, I guess, yeah. as to positions, et cetera. When someone sends you a swing, what are you thinking about as a, as a, as someone providing that advice, given that you've been on the side of both sides of that essentially? There's usually just like a couple positions in the swing that you can gauge kind of where people are at. Um, and I kind of, I know that um, just because I've gone through it. So like being able to see that and some of the causes and effects of that position, I feel like with the people that have sent me the some swings, I'm able to like dumb it down in, in a simpler way to to either like give them a drill or give them a swing thought just to to get them into a 
I don't want to show them how to get to that position or I don't want to say like, this is where you need to be. Um, it's more of like something that give them that they can work towards that without even thinking about it. I think that's how I've responded pretty well um, in the past to some swing thoughts. And I feel like that's just a simple way to do it. Cause the last thing you want to do is just give some of these guys like six different things to look at video and see where they're at because then they're just they're going to play worse golf so more than likely what are some of those uh positions that you can that you say you can tell where somebody's at and and what are you looking for i just kind of draw i just want to see if their club head for the most part is in front of their body throughout the swing really so you can you can draw a couple lines, like one through the shaft line, kind of like the old school way, one diagonal through the shaft line is set up, and then one through the elbow, and up through the elbow through it's around the shoulder. But you can see if that that club head is either under or over or in that little zone the whole time. And if it's in the zone the whole time, that's kind of where you want it to be. I also look at like through the swing just being able to really see those hands like disappear. Um, If you're looking down the line, seeing those hands disappear with still being able to see the club head. I think that's just like a, I guess a big way to see if you're in control of the club base. And then, there's some other things, but like those two, those two things are really important in my eyes to see kind of where you're at with the golf swing and kind of what you can work on. Thank you. That is a good insight. And as people listening to this, we'll, we'll get your social media handle at the end and people listening to this should send some stuff over. Uh, Cause that's, that's all, that's all spot on. I think, I think it's a good time to move to, our last question, which is the same for every guest. So, and that is if you could go back to yourself as a junior golfer and tell yourself just one thing, what would that one thing be? I would say, I don't know. That'd be something I have to think about, but uh, I'd say just keep having fun. Really. I think I had a lot of fun in college playing just because we had teammates and stuff like that and all that stuff and I had a lot of fun like my first couple years out with having a lot of friends still having you know competitions while playing practice rounds and stuff like that so going out there whether it's with you know colleagues or, or other other pros or even like now that I'm back here even playing with some family friends that may not be professional golfers, but still making the game all fun is a huge part of like wanting to be out there and, and getting better. So that's kind of where I'm, what I would say. Um, I think I did a really good job of that back then the last year or two, not so much, but the injury stuff and dealing with some um, setbacks. But other than that, just being able to go out there and have fun and 
either in competition or just practicing. So, yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things to do in golf as you uh, get more and more serious is, and especially too, is if sometimes things aren't going as you hoped for them to go to keep having fun. I know that I forgot what it was like to play golf for fun until I stopped playing completely. And then as I said in law school picked back, I was like, Oh, Hey, yeah, this is, this is pretty fun again. And Cooper, same thing when he was a pro, he, he's, he didn't know what playing, he'd forgotten what playing for fun looked like, like why you'd always go out there and crucify yourself or everything. And then it's, it's just easy to let, to lose that uh, and forget part of why you do it all. So we appreciate that. If people are trying to find you on social media and want to reach out to you, where can they find you? It's at, at Janeebs5, so J-N-I-E-B-S-5, uh, I think on everything. So Be sure to check out Jordan on social media, send him a swing video. And then if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please subscribe and leave a rating. And if you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. This helps us get our message out to more people. And if you're trying to find us on Instagram, you can find us there at the tournament code and on Twitter slash X tournament code. As always, we appreciate you joining us and look forward to diving in deeper to what it takes to play elite tournament golf.